Hi there, and welcome to another edition of Resistance TV. I'm delighted to welcome Becky Massey as our guest this evening. She helped to launch a new movement at the weekend to stop Starmer. Uh, Becky is a former member of the Labour Party who was expelled, I think it was in June 2020, for a tweet that she posted uh, the previous November, I believe it was. Uh, the tweet basically said that uh, I would work uh, for the local people if I was re-elected as the Labour MP for, for Derby North at the 2019 general election. But obviously, people weren't allowed to say nice things about me. I mean, there's a number of people who ended up being disciplined for that. And and, and Becky was one of them for a fairly, fairly innocuous uh, tweet. I mean, uh, she... Uh, Post of that, I think it was just after the Labour NEC had dropped me as the official Labour candidate on the recommendation of Jenny Formby, who was Labour General Secretary at the time and was uh, supposedly a, a left-wing ally of, of Jeremy Corbyn. Anyway, we all know that uh, uh, what subsequently happened and how Sir Keir Starmer blagged his way to the Labour leadership and, and things have gone downhill ever since, which is why Becky and others have launched this group. So welcome to the show, Becky. Hi, Chris. Good to see yeah, you. Good to, and good to see you, mate. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, you're the personification of solidarity, comrade. So uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. For, your, for your support uh, for me personally and just generally for your support for all the socialists and, and for that socialist agenda that everybody was so, or most people anyway, I think were so inspired by when Jeremy became the leader of the party. But I just wonder maybe if you could start, Becky, by, by saying a bit more why the group was started. I mean, I've given a little bit of... Uh, rationale for it but, but just tell us in your words what why the group was established well after the coup against corbyn which i mean you know more about than anybody but i think many of us were burned during that coup um and the comprehensive takeover of the labor party by the right wing uh I think the left has been um, struggling. You know, we know the Labour Party is dead. We know it, it's done for. Um, but we haven't yet succeeded uh, in a comprehensive way. So the left has had success in various areas like Liverpool, Newham, Tower Hamlets and other places um, across the country, which is great. You know, they're, they're very individualized movements. And really, quite a few of us have been talking really since 2019 about what to do, where to go, how to manage things. And um, some of us um, thought with the looming election, uh, that, in fact, something that certainly unites us and seems to unite a lot of people across social media uh, is, is uh, Starmer and the absolute dislike of Starmer. Uh, and people don't like Starmer for very good reasons. And I can start on the litany of those reasons in a minute. Um, but the idea of Stop Starmer is to firstly try and expose to people who Starmer is, where he came from, what he's done, 
And why he's done it? Because the mainstream media is all lined up behind Starmer. And if we don't start getting out into our communities and telling the truth about Starmer, um, he's kind of going to float into power on, on, on the back of the chaos of the Tory party. Yeah. And um, so we thought that Stop Starmer would be a campaign that could support whatever socialists were standing in any given area, you know, whatever name they come under in any given area. But the one thing that unites us is we know what Starmer is. Yeah. Um, so, so that was the idea behind the campaign of Stop Starmer. Tell us, uh, because I'm sure if they haven't already, they will be saying this. Uh, I know I've certainly been accused of it, and you probably have as well. Uh, the various uh, so-called uh, centrists call us um, Tory enablers. Um, what, what, how would you respond to that charge that this Stop Starmer campaign is basically a Tory enabling campaign? Well, I'd answer it in two ways. Firstly, I'd say, well, that's rich coming from you. You know, the, the Tory enablers since 2015. The second point is, is, is um, more serious and less factional, really. It's, you have to look at the policies that Starmer is promoting. So he wants to keep the bedroom tax, uh, keep the uh, benefit cap on two children. Uh, he's ditched commitments on the environment. Um, I, I mean, there's just such a list of things that he's ditched, you know, his Green New Deal and... Uh, commitments to re-nationalisation, isn't missions. I don't know, basically everything that was labour to benefit people, actual people, has been ditched. And it's yeah. been ditched in favour of um, a made-up fiscal rule. There's no such thing as a fiscal rule. It's, it's, it's just a term to maintain austerity. Um, so I think anybody that would vote Labour at this point is enabling Tories. Yeah. Because they're, they're offering absolutely nothing different. Yeah. And I, I think there's a potential with Starmer as leader they could be worse. Yeah, well, I mean, some people say uh, and have said consistently down the ages, really, ever since I joined the Labour Party, that, uh, you know, the Labour Party, you know, a Labour government is always going to be somewhat better. Even a bad Labour government is going to be somewhat better than a Tory government. I mean, are you, you, you suggesting that, that that isn't the case, that this could a, Tory, a Starmer government could be even worse than a Tory government then? I am. I yeah. am. 
Not mainly, uh, you know, on um, policies and the fact that they're, they're clearly offering nothing to um, people or the planet. You know, they're offering nothing. It's more, more, more. I think Labour's foreign policy could be worse. Um, and I can talk a little bit about Starmer's um, background at, uh, as the DPP to illustrate what, what I mean about his um, foreign policy. Um, I think he could be Blair on steroids, really. But the worst of it all, the worst of it all, is that this is the opposition. This is what's supposed to give us an alternative in a democracy. Well, we're actually in a crisis of democracy because mm. the Labour Party is offering nothing. And when people feel the continuing effects of the Labour Party doing nothing for them, what's going to happen after five years of that? In some ways, it's my belief that this Labour Party and particularly given the stitch-up in selections, I mean, some awful people are being shoved into uh, as uh, prospective parliamentary candidates by Starmer. Absolutely awful people. They could be sitting in Parliament for the next 30 or 40 years. Sadly, you know, and, is, uh... and when that hopelessness goes on, where are the people going to turn? Where are they going to turn? Well, we'll perhaps come on to that as we as we as we develop the uh, conversation this evening. But just say a little bit, uh, Becky, will you about the sort of tactics then that uh, the Stop Starmer campaign will be deploying then in the run up to the general election? Okay. Well, we we've announced we exist. There's going to be a launch meeting in London um, in early September. That's be a face-to-face -face meeting with um, lots of speakers and hopefully lots of audience participation. And we're preparing um, materials so that people can do stop starmer stalls in their local areas, leaflets about why we need to stop starmer. Um, stickers, all the usual thing that you would have to run a campaign. And um, uh, we would see these campaigns uh, running alongside other socialist campaigns where there's independent candidates and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. How, how do we get here then, Becky, in your opinion? We had uh, one of the co-authors of uh, this book. I don't know if you can see that, The Death of the Left. Oh, yeah. It's a brilliant It's a brilliant book. I highly recommend it, actually, to anybody who didn't watch last week's broadcast and have not come across this book. It, it is really good. Um, it's, it's a bit depressing, obviously, but it also offers some suggestions on how we can move forward because the, the full title is uh, The Death of the Left, 
why we must begin from the beginning again. So I'm struggling to read this without my glasses. Why we must begin from the beginning again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I, in a sense, that's kind of what you're sort of doing, isn't it, with the launch of this? Well, not the formal launch. Obviously, you just said is going to be in, in September. But th this is about starting again, is it? Would you say yeah, that would be one way of characterising what, what you're trying to achieve here? I think it, it's um, definitely about starting again with representation or parliamentary representation of um, ordinary uh, people, you know, the many and not the few. Um, it is about starting again. It is about recognising that uh, the Labour Party uh, has been very swiftly returned to being a party uh, paid in, um, by, you know, big business, private health providers. Um, I, I'm sure the armaments companies are in there somewhere. Um, it's it's become hollow as a vehicle, really. It's a vehicle for the establishment. Yeah. Just as much do you think? Do you know you said it's just returned to to type, really, you know, where it was? Or do you think that's all it's done, or would would you say that it's it's gone even further? I mean, I'm just sort of thinking that in the past, even under Tony Blair. I mean, I survived under Tony Blair. Jeremy Corbyn survived under Tony Blair. Um, you know, maintained their position in the party, continued to argue for a different policy agenda etc that seemed to be tolerated that, that that doesn't seem to be the case now so is your opinion that it's that it's simply gone back to where it was or is or is it even it's a bit of a leading question because i think it's gone worse I mean, actually now than, than it's ever been but i don't know whether you agree with that yeah i don't think that is a, a leading question chris um it is worse it is worse and i think that comes back to the history and the character of Keir Starmer, because he yeah. has been involved in, um, you know, establishment politics since before 2008. He's, he's not a new kid on the block. You no. know, it, people think, oh, he got elected and isn't he smart or whatever. He's not a new kid on the block. And he's mm. been working, he worked, you know, with the coalition government, worked very closely with David Cameron. He worked very, very closely uh, in America uh, as head of the DPP. He set up an international section of the uh, Crown Prosecution Service. Um, so you would call that really British soft power. And um, he devised judicial packages for uh, countries that yeah. um, Britain and America wanted the governments and the judiciary to be sort of knitted together under some pretense of, ooh, this is how you run a judiciary separately from government. But, yeah. you know, he, he, he has been globetrotting really yeah. since 2009. Um, yes, indeed. You know, so I, I think he is a person with a very specific agenda. Um, I don't think he 
is a person with any principle. Mm. He's not a person. If you, again, if you look at his track record, you know, I'm trying not to sort of just say, well, I think he hasn't got any principles. It's evidence he hasn't got any principles because yeah. he couldn't flip flop as fast. You know, and, and with regard to talking about him being um, uh, incredibly authoritarian, you just have to look at what he did as DPP, what he did mm. with protesters, what he did with the students protesting about tuition fees, what he did at, um, with, with, with rioters after the murder of Mark Duggan, uh, yes. and how... Conian he was. The yeah. fact that, you know, um, deaths that occurred at the hands of the police, even when coroners had ruled them unlawful killings, the CPS didn't prosecute anybody. We know that he played a very murky role in Julian Assange's case. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. A very murky role. Um, it's uh, mysterious how a lot of documents have disappeared from the CPS yeah. during the time of Starmer. And even today, that um, uh, man, Andrew Malkinson, who was held yeah. for rape 17 years, and now it emerges when the CPS under Starmer refused him an appeal in 2009. They knew they'd got extra DNA evidence. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's just disgraceful. Well, Matt Kennard asked some very pertinent questions, didn't he? He wrote an article about it some time ago, actually, when Starmer had uh, recently been elected, or it might have been just before, maybe it was either just before or just after, anyway. Um, a range of questions about how, why, you know, his relationship with the security, intelligence services, his relationship with the United States, uh, the failure to prosecute um, uh, intelligence uh, operatives who were involved with torture, and as you mentioned, yeah. uh, the, his role in uh, Julian Assange. And he also asked him some questions about his involvement with the Trilateral Commission, that shady organisation that was concerned about an excess of democracy when it was established, which is why it was established, an excess of democracy in the 1960s, and that you know the, the uh, democratic institutions and the institutions of the state were able to cope with, with people demanding their rights, as it were. And I'm not sure he's still a member of it, but, but he was for, for a long period of time, I think, several years. I, I, I think he was. I think he's left it now, but very yes. recently, you know, yeah. and, and that, in a sense, why would you join that? You know, Henry. Well, exactly. Precisely, uh, rubbing shoulders with war criminals. It's uh, it's uh, it's appalling, really. I mean, and uh, you know, and for an organisation <laughs> that's concerned with an excess of democracy, and you're supposed to be, you know, involved with a, a leading a democratic uh, uh, political party, uh, it's it's a contradiction in, in terms, isn't it? But just going back to Stop Starmer then, and this this movement that you're launching formally next month. Um, any response from the trade unionists or any? Uh, from any leading trade unionists or, or, or formally, you know, more widely, actually, that, you know, any trade unions per se that have, that have expressed any support either informally or, or, or formally yet for it? Because, I mean, what I can't understand, I don't know what you think, is why are the unions still associated with the Labour Party when they're actually working against the interests of working people? You know, I mean, it's just, I can't work it yeah. out. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's another long story, isn't it? 
Well, I can say to you on our um, invite list to the launch in London, we have invited uh, a number of people and um, I doubt very much uh, some of them would accept the invitation. I mean, I was at the Unite um, conference recently in Brighton. Now, I was there actually as an exhibitor, but there, there was a demonstration outside of Unite <clears throat> from Unite members um, protesting about the fact that Starmer had been invited um, uh, to speak there. And uh, inside the conference center, any delegate that you sort of chatted to, they were furious. Yeah. Um, so I didn't go into the hall. I just stayed it on, in, in, on the ground floor and watched it on the screens. But it was like silence in there. It was saying, yeah. saying all this. And then as soon as he finished, he was whisked off. The actual yeah. people, the people, the delegates, well, firstly, they'd been told, if you can't be polite, take an extra long lunch. So a lot of them weren't even in the hall. And those that were, you know, they'd been told, you just stay polite, you sit quietly, and that's what they did. But I yeah. mean, you know, the delegates, ordinary union members know Storm was clear. He says we're the party business now. Yeah. yeah. He's not hiding anything. He hid things to be elected leader, but he's not he's not hiding what he is now. Mm. And that's why, you know, he's just you know, all the phrases, the B team, all this, that and the other. Um mm. I actually think Starmer is worse than the B team. And mm. just because of his background and his connections. Um yeah. Know, and what he's prepared to do, you know, yeah. and, and, and you know, like within um, the Labour Party, I mean, you and I, and probably people watching this show, know how awful things are in the Labour Party, how without any morality, without any um, sense of justice, uh, and certainly with not a jot of kindness. You know, the Labour Party itself is filled with some dreadful... I'm not talking about members, I'm talking about the parliamentarians and the bureaucracy. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's an awful place. It's a, a completely racist place. We know this from Ford. And even Ford has been driven to speak out on Al Jazeera. To explain yeah. what he found in the Labour Party. And the how... Ford inquiry, the Ford inquiry into uh, the elite report and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, any person of um, colour in Britain, they shouldn't touch Labour and Starmer with a barge pole. You know, and, um, um, we know that he said. Um, uh, Israel is not an apartheid state. Well, 
come on, you know, it felt like, come on, <laughs> you you could try and dress it up in some way and say, ooh, well, it slipped a bit at the moment, but we'll soon get it back, which obviously would be a lie anyway. But to actually just say, no, it's not apartheid, when all these organisations across the globe and even Israeli generals are coming out and saying, oh, yeah, it's apartheid. And Starmer's there, no, it's not apartheid. I will always no, support it. You know, well, he's a Zionist, Zionist without qualification, he said, isn't he? You know, but uh, do you think, uh, Becky, do you think, uh, Becky, that the Labour Party is salvageable? Because some people no. are still sticking with it. You think it's gone, do you? No, I think the best we can hope for, really, um, in parliamentary terms, um, is that at the next election, we get some kind of hung parliament mm. and, um, you know, that there might be some kind of push to um, PR or something. Um, oh, but Yeah, and, and that the days, um, you know, of supporting first past the post, which, you know, I always used to think, oh, you know, one day, one day we'll get, like like we had with Corbyn, you know, we'll get a, a, a Labour Party that's, yeah. um, you know, moderately socialist, we'll win that election and then we'll do all our socialist things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's good. Whereas if we have PR, oh, you'd always have him to be compromising and so on and so forth. Now, those days are gone. They are mm. gone. And I, I, I think the best um, the left, you know, can hope for is that we've got a hung parliament and that those people supporting PR um, will maybe have some kind of sway. And, yeah, yeah I mean, the left has, has got to... Um, Rebuild, but I don't think it will rebuild from like a top-down thing. Um, you know, we have got to continue to be out in our communities, in our groups, um, you know, with our messages, on the picket lines, uh, you know, just moving forward with our message. And, yeah, I think, I, look, None of us thought that the Jeremy Corbyn thing would happen. No. It won't happen again in the Labour Party. It's gone. But it could happen maybe outside then, perhaps, you, 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 you it think. It could happen outside the Labour Party. You know, the Labour Party hopefully will shrivel on the vine. It's hollow anyway, so it might as yeah. well just shrivel off and die. Um, and the sooner the better. Um, well, that's been the fate, hasn't it, Becky? That's been the fate of uh, the sort of equivalent Labour parties, or, you know, in the continent of Europe, the, the, they call it the Pasokification of the Social mm. Democratic Party. You know, Pasok used to dominate in Greece and uh, it shrunk to, I think, about 5% of the vote. And we've seen similarly, you know, in, in France, the Socialist uh, Party, so-called, so they weren't really the kind of Social Democrats, but, you know, but anyway, but I mean, I think they massively shrunk. 
Uh, but, you know, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, he managed to pull together a, a coalition of, um, of left uh, groups. And I mean, I mean, they didn't win the election, but they deprived Macron of a majority at the, uh, at the parliamentary election after Macron kind of won the presidency by default. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. Mélenchon, as you recall, didn't make the cut. You know, he just got below the threshold. You know, they have the runoff between the two. So between... It was between uh, 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 Macron and, and the fascists, wasn't it? So he ended up kind of getting it by default. And maybe that, you know, maybe the scope for, for you know, the collaboration uh, on the left uh, in this country, well, I certainly hope so. I mean, I mean, what do you think the prospects are of that? I mean, or do the prospects for an alternative party sort of coming, coming through? I mean, I've joined the Workers' Party now, but I know there's a number of parties yeah. out there. Um, we've got to, yeah, yeah. I believe, absolutely collaborate. But what, what do you think the prospects of that happening? is likely to be i think the prospects are very very good because all these different groups at the moment some maybe like the workers party are seeking to be a national party others like liverpool independence or newham socialists or whatever people are finding what suits their community um, and their area and people know the issues in their own areas. So I feel at the moment different parties, independents, whatever, are going to have electoral success. They are going to have electoral success. And we've seen that in council elections. Yeah. You know, Labour has certainly not done as it should have done in local council elections, far from it. No, um, well, we had a, we had a programme on Resistor TV, actually, a few um, weeks ago, and we got a, a couple of uh, expert sophologists on, and, and they were analysing the local election results and where Labour are, and indeed the opinion polls for that matter, where Labour are compared to where they probably need to be in order to secure even just a one-seat majority. And uh, their analysis, anyway, <clears throat> was that um, it's well, well short. So e- even though the sort of headline opinion polls seem to suggest, and I mean, it might work out that way, you know, a landslide victory for, for Labour, but what well, they seem to suggest, it looked more like it was heading into the sort of home parliament territory. So um, you're absolutely right. We certainly did see some really uh, astounding uh, uh, local mm. election results. And, and hopefully that will translate. I mean, obviously, the Tower Hamlets where, you know, the Aspire, new Aspire party on yeah. the Raymond, I mean, swept the board. It was fantastic, you know. Uh, and then you mentioned Liverpool. This time. And I mean, that was repeated, uh, you know, quite a lot of locations. Not everywhere, but certainly um, yeah. it was significant. And and, Chris, it's early days. Yeah, yeah, of course. Early days. And so I believe there will be creeping successors. Um, mm. There isn't, uh, there is not the mood of 1996 going into 97. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere near the mood. There was <coughs> a mood then. Mm. Um, and Starmer, whilst I believe him to be a deceitful and dangerous man, mm. he's not as good an actor as Tony Blair. No, that is for sure. 
Is that I a charisma bypass? Watch Tony Blair and think, oh my God, you should get an Oscar. Because he yeah, was such yeah. a good actor. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a good performer. I remember the mood in 96. I remember the mood going into 97. And mm. this is nothing like that. This yeah. is a lack of hope. A dismal, weary, British, grey, oppressive sky of a political mm. environment. It's, it's I don't think, uh, Becky, I don't think, Becky, it's even, never mind uh, the run into 97 in 96 or so on, I don't think it's, it's even as optimistic or anywhere near as optimistic indeed as the run into 1992, where a lot of the expectation were that, that Labour would win. And then, as we know, John Major actually you know, pulled off a shock uh, uh, result. So, oh, yeah, but I, I think people are kind of generally pissed off with all the political parties, aren't they, at the minute? To, to an even greater oh, yeah, extent, that's are. my sense. The political class yeah. is kind of, you know, very much... Uh, so I think they might have a very low turnout, unless, you know, we can we can, can inspire people with, um, you know, some of these new candidates or maybe some new parties emerging yeah. that, that can actually get some, some traction. But yeah. uh, did you say that you've got a date, Becky, for the launch, or, or, or is it you just know it's in September, you don't know the date? For the launch of Stop Starmer. September, whatever's the Saturday. And will it be a will it be an invitation only meeting or can anybody turn up to it? No, it'll be an event, right? So well, okay, so people will be able to uh, you know register to, to, yeah, to attend. And, and we're yeah. arranging it so we can have um, you know not just uh, endless speakers, but we're arranging it so that people in the audience will have. Um, you know, an opportunity to contribute. Right. Um, we're organising it in um, different themes. Yeah. So, you know, looking at themes like the economy and uh, housing Good. and what's happening in the yeah. NHS. So, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. so we'll be looking at themes, looking at the um, paucity and the hollowness, and worse, the the danger, the increasing privatisation and stuff that Labour's offering. So it will be yeah. organised in various themes with an expert to introduce it, and then audience participation. Well, it, it sounds a really exciting sort of the sort of event indeed that uh, I hope that it didn't really come off actually when Jeremy first became the leader. They were talking about organising a range of. Uh, political, uh, what do they call them now, uh, political assemblies, I think they were going to call them, around the country to talk about racism. There's one or two um, events happened, but it, it never really got going. I think John Trickett was going to lead it, but then he ended up, I think, getting sidetracked with, with parliamentary stuff, which I think was, again, a mistake. Um, although some of the stuff they were talking about on the economy was was uh, uh, was wrong-headed, actually. I think, uh, you know, John McDonnell was still boxed in by neoliberal uh, thinking, to be honest. So uh, I'm pleased that you're going to be uh, having something along that. Where, in conclusion, then, uh, can people um, sort of follow? I'm, I mean, assuming that Stop Storm has got a presence on the social media, uh, has it? Or if it hasn't, yes, where can people follow you? So the website is um, stopstarmer.co.uk. Um, fairly easy to remember. Um, and the Twitter is stop underscore starmer. Um, there is an so Instagram. Every, 
Everybody uh, should. Oh, yeah, good. I, I can't do Instagram. I just I find it very difficult. It's like for young, no, younger no. people. But it's good, good that you're going to be on there. Well, everybody definitely who's on Twitter then needs to follow Stop underscore Starmer. I think it's been put up on the screen. There. I think Gaz has put it oh, up on the screen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, well done, mate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah um, so, uh, so that's good then. Uh, well, listen, thanks so much indeed, Becky, for coming on. And the very best of luck uh, uh, with this uh, initiative. It, it sounds really exciting. And definitely the launch event that you mentioned, uh, it sounds absolutely spot on. It sounds like it's going to be a really interactive and uh, interesting uh, policy yeah. meeting in that sense. So, that, so that'll be good. So thanks very much want, for coming on. I want Go to on. see everybody wearing a Stop Starmer T-shirt. Ah, well, great. Once you, you, the merch is coming, Chris. Brilliant. The merch Excellent. Is coming, the stickers are coming, the banners are coming. Marvelous. You know, and Marvelous. In a way, yeah. if you don't like Starmer, wear a Stop Starmer t shirt. Oh, uh, that's, that's great. I've got images, you know, of uh, <laughs> what's his name? Quinton Hogg in, uh, in the 1964 general election when Labour were in the ascendancy. And a load of, uh, he was addressing an open air. Hostings meeting, and I don't know if you've seen this footage. There's a, a load of Labour supporters there, and they've got they didn't have t shirts, but they had like placards with Harold Wilson's photograph on them. And he, he absolutely lost his shit over it. And he got like a walker stick and he's like bashing these signs like this, you know. And I, I can just imagine, I can just imagine people turning up to something with Stop Starmer. It would, yeah, it would be just wonderful. So that's great, yeah, really marvelous, wonderful news, yeah, brilliant, yeah. And that, 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 those details, presumably, will be people able to get all of those on the website and things like that, I would imagine. Yep. Yeah. And the yeah, donation great. page is already working on the website. Great. So people great. want to donate. Um, Fantastic. That's really good. Listen, Becky, thanks very much for coming on uh, tonight. All well, the very best, as I say, with the initiative. Thanks for asking me, Chris. It's been great. Yeah, great. No, we've, we're really pleased that you've, you've taken the time out to come and join us and, and talk about it. Uh, and obviously, we'll 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 continue to to promote it. And when when we know the date, obviously, you know, we'll 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 give that a push as well. Uh, so thanks again, and thanks everybody for watching. Hopefully, we'll be back next week at the same time on uh, Wednesday at seven p.m. So until then, this is Chris Winter saying bye for now.